Now, Chicago leaders are speaking out against this new curfew plan as well. In a Chicago Sun-Times op-ed, a group of religious leaders and former U.S. Education Secretary Arne Duncan criticized the mayor's plan as an alternative. They're pushing for more unarmed violence interrupters in the streets and more trust between parents, kids, and police officers. Joining us to talk about all of this and more is Rabbi Seth Limmer from the Chicago Sinai Congregation on the Near North Side. He's one of the authors of the op-ed. Hi, Rabbi. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, especially on this critical topic. Also with us is Neil Batesia, an activist with the National Youth Rights Association. He works with teens all over the country, including right here in Chicago. Hey, Neil. Hi, thanks for having me, and uh, our condolences to Shondell's family and friends. Rabbi, let's start with you. What inspired you and the other religious leaders to write this letter? Really what inspired us is a continuation of our work to counter violence in the city and our outrage over the mayor's handling of this, just trying to put a limit and a gate around these young people who are in such desperate need, instead of providing them with more opportunities and more support. And so it's really our compassion um, for all the kids of Chicago who are in such desperate need in so many different ways that we needed to speak out and advocate for a different solution. Yeah. Neil, as I mentioned, your organization works with teenagers all across the nation. How do they feel about the new curfew plan? Well, I asked um, a leader in our organization and a leader on this issue, um, Maurice Imhoff, who's up in Jackson, Michigan, how Mm -hmm. he feels and he doesn't think a curfew is what's needed. Um, He's seen gun violence growing up and has been able to serve on the youth council in Jackson, Michigan, and become the youngest ever city commissioner at the age of 20 in Jackson, Michigan. And in those roles, um, being able to work with nonprofits like Every Town for Gun Safety, being able to work with law enforcement in his role as city commissioner, he's been able to get the perspective of young people out there in a way that, you know, this top-down curfew that's been in effect since 1992 um, hasn't really worked. Yeah. The uh, National Youth Rights Association, you're against youth curfews, partly because there's, there's evidence to show they don't reduce violence. Dig into that a little bit more for us, Neil. Yeah, that's right. So um, there was a good article in the Chicago Sun-Times about this on Monday that uh, referenced two studies, one in Washington, D.C., and one in Maryland, showing that um, curfews for young people aren't really effective. There's kind of very little change in violence and crime, if anything, maybe a slight uptick. So in addition to kind of um, being morally wrong, we think that if you if you look at the article in the Chicago Sun-Times and the two studies that it references, that these curfews just don't really work. Rabbi, you know teens are, are night owls, right? So, yeah, absolutely. I've got two myself at home. <laughs> me too. Yeah. So, so talk to us about options that teens I, have yeah. for, for social activities late at night, especially I'm thinking about weekends and the summertime. Yeah, I am too. And I actually think despite the fact that some kids like to be up super late into the night, we don't need to talk about nothing good happens after one in the morning. (laughs) You know what I saw, I was down by Millennium Park last Saturday night at 730. And I live on North Avenue and saw what happened the week beforehand. We're actually talking about groups of kids who want something to do at six o'clock and at seven o'clock. And that's where I think and my colleagues as well believe that the city needs to step in. The city has done a great job 
creating um, youth work opportunities over the summer. They need to do better to get the news out to everybody. But on top of that, we think the city also needs to create a youth entertainment, a youth guidance program for Friday evenings and Saturday nights and Sunday nights for kids to do things in a safe and healthy, productive way, not at 10 or 11, but in the hours when these kids are congregating and these things are happening in the 6 to 10 o'clock hour before this purported curfew would even kick in. So what responsibility should the, the city government have for, for providing these safe places for teens at night? I think um, among the city government and the parks department and then faith institution and community groups and all these wonderful violence interrupters we have, we can pull our resources together to create safe spaces for this trending gathering and things like that where kids can be together and have appropriate fun in a safe and protected way. I think it's an all-hands-on-deck effort, but I think the city would need to take a lead role in convening that table at the very least. What do you think, Neil? Um, I think there are a lot of different solutions, but the key is really to to listen to young people and give them a seat at the table and ask them what they would like rather than, you know, telling them that they can't go to Millennium Park um, past 6 p.m. or can't be out past 10 p.m. You know, this has been in effect since 1992, and clearly the fact that we're having this conversation means that it hasn't had the effect that we wanted. So, I think the key is really youth representation and, and Mayor Lightfoot listening to what young people want, not you know telling them what to do. You're listening to Reset. We are talking about the mayor's new curfew plan, and we're also discussing alternatives to curb violence. My guests are Neil Batesia, who's a board member of the National Association of Youth Rights, and Rabbi Seth Limmer of the Chicago Sinai Congregation. Rabbi, your op-ed, it it calls for more violence interrupters as a better alternative to this earlier curfew. What are violence interrupters exactly? Violence interrupters are frontline workers who go out on the street and try and disrupt cycles of vengeance that often happen in commuting in communities where violence and especially gun violence is prevalent. They're all trained. Sometimes they are formerly of what is called the life, but these are experts who have dedicated their lives to putting themselves in harm's way. So whenever there's a victim of gun violence, they go talk to the victims, the perpetrators, the nearby family, try to de-escalate, try and find jobs and career opportunities and address the real needs that are at work that lead to the violent behavior Mm -hmm. and try and tone down any potential for future violence behavior. People like the Institute for Nonviolence on the West Side or Chicago Cred are two of the better examples of how this work happens in the city, but there are plenty of wonderful organizations doing this work throughout our great city. Sounds very different than how Chicago police have been handling teens. It is absolutely different from how Chicago police are handling teens, and that's why in our op-ed we call not only for new and different police training for working with youth, but also to have these violence interrupters there along with police. It's going to take major police reform and how they deal with kids, especially kids of color, and then also people who know this kind of work in a different way from the police to get in there and to act before police are hopefully necessary. We asked listeners earlier this week to weigh in on the topic, and we actually got a voicemail from Maya, who's a retired Chicago police officer from Avondale, weighing in on the issue. Let's listen to that. I was uh, very often having to pick up kids, teenagers, for curfew, and I don't know if this is going to work. Has 
Mayor Lightfoot looked at the history of it and how it went back then. Neil, should it fall on the police to do all of this extra work picking up kids after curfew? Um, if there's anything that, that police can do to help young people, like giving them rides or something, that could be fine. But um, when it comes to you know a curfew and having rules about when young people should or shouldn't be outside, um, we don't think that that's something where police um, should, should be restricting young people's activities. Rabbi, you're you're calling for a more trusting relationship here, right, between the teens, parents, and the police. And Absolutely. there's there's so much mistrust there, though, uh, especially with with black and brown kids and parents. So, what can the police do to build trust? Well, first of all, the police, and I would say from the commissioner on down, need to make it at least look to the rest of the general public like they take reform seriously and working with the community seriously. And that is not something we have seen from this commissioner or this police department, even despite um, the consent decree. So really what it takes is a concerted effort on the part of the police to own up to generations of misconduct and mistrust that they have earned and to show the youth and the rest of the community, that they're ready for real change and a different approach to Chicago in general and to communities of color in particular. Neil, your your website mentions the, quote, curfew to prison pipeline. Can you talk about that? Yeah, that's right. So, so basically what curfews do is make something illegal, which um, would, would not otherwise be illegal um, just because of your age. And um, instead of of looking for real criminals, police are now walking up to young people, maybe asking them, how old are you? Can I see some ID? And just by being outside, this young person may now be a criminal and have a criminal history just because they happen to be a young person and be out at night. Do you worry that black and brown teenagers are are more likely to be punished for breaking curfew? Um, it's certainly a possibility, and we've seen for young people and adults that um, people of color are are disproportionately interacted with by police officers. So um, we think more representation of young people in city government, um, you know, being able to voice their opinion on how they want police to interact with them would be the solution. Um, up in, in Jackson, Michigan, where one of our members is a city commissioner, he was able to work on uh, police oversight and give input on how, you know, police should be interacting with teenagers. Rabbi Limmer, what would a safer Chicago look like to you? A safer Chicago would look like Millennium Park at 730 on a Saturday night, not with a whole bunch of kids running away from police who are shouting but with a whole bunch of kids playing around in Crown Fountain, with generations of people who are there to support them, with police who are present in far fewer number, and with lots of other support groups around, as everyone feels the freedom to enjoy the city unthreatened by anyone else's presence. That's what a real that's what a real transformative vision would take, where everyone feels safe in our city at every place and at any time. That uh, expanded citywide curfew, it actually needs approval from the city council. And the mayor says the executive order that she issued this week was fatally flawed. What would you ask city council members to think about, Rabbi, before they vote on this? I would ask them to think about funding. I think that's what it comes down to. 
I think that these communities need to be funded differently. And I understand why, after years of neglecting a police contract, officers needed raises. But I think we also need to increase our support of these communities. If in addition to these police officers in Millennium Park, we had violence interrupters and we had social workers who were there who could be on scene. If we had popcorn and candy for the kids, that's pie in the sky. But why not treat our kids to all the joys of this beautiful city and this park and this lake during the summer and make it welcoming and uh, for them and safe? I think investing in our kids is always a better priority than just investing in security. Neil, what does safety look like to the teens that you work with? Um, Safety looks like being listened to and not just um, having adults as an authority figure, you know, telling you what to do without without respecting your needs. Um, And I think the rabbi hit the nail right on the head. Um, Mayor Lightfoot in her press conference on Saturday said that she wanted to make sure that Millennium Park was available and open to everyone, but it really seems like um, what she's doing would have the opposite effect. And and hopefully um, this is a great opportunity to remind ourselves that there has been a curfew since 1992 and maybe go the opposite direction and repeal it rather than doubling down on this strategy that hasn't worked. Neil Bateja is an activist for the National Youth Rights Association, and Rabbi Seth Limmer leads the Chicago Sinai Congregation on the near north side. Thank you both. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.